Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined again today with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof. And before we get started, we just want to let you know about the books that we have available for you. Really hope these are going to be a blessing to you and a service to you and help further your walk with the Lord and draw you into greater intimacy. Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture, and my books, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma and Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. All of those are available on Amazon. And if you want to get connected to us in terms of parish missions and human and spiritual integration workshops, coaching, trauma therapy, go to sacredhearthealingministries.com. Shoot us a message. Also, if you have an idea for a podcast topic, something you'd like to hear Father and I address. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, Father and I are talking about being offended by the church, suffering at the hands of people in the church. And this is actually a, a, a topic that's near and dear to, to my heart. Father David, as you know a little bit about my story and abuse that I went through from people in the church. And um, and it's, it's just, it's a topic that I think doesn't get addressed, maybe in some ways kind of the elephant in the, in the room. And so, so here we are, taking it on ivory tusks and all, right? But um, so, you know, like we were talking about before, Father, I think I'm, I'm going to start this off just sharing a little bit about, about my journey, because it's kind of the backstory as to why this is, I feel like this is an important topic for, for us to address. So, you know, there are probably a lot of our list, either our listeners who have suffered abuse at the hands of um, church authority, people in the church, clergy, religious, um, ministers of, you know, of one type or another, church leaders of one type or another, bishops, cardinals, whomever. And, um, and I was in that spot as well. And, um, and, you know, for that reason, that was all that all contributed to me ending up away from the church. So away from the church for about six years. It was a very painful time. I felt very conflicted, very much longed for the Eucharist. And yet at the same time, just, um, so much pain over the hurt that I had suffered that had never been repented of. I'd never been, my, my forgiveness had never been asked. No one ever said they were sorry. And, um, and yet once a year signs would be put out on the road saying Catholics come home. When that would happen, it would be very painful to me, you know, because it felt like the church was saying, okay, here we are, you prodigals, go ahead and return and do your mea culpas and we'll let you back in with, with great grace. And so it, it was painful to me and, and it felt um, 
like there was a step missing. And it's, it's exactly that step that Father and I are going to address today. And that's, that's um, acknowledging the hurt that has been caused to many people by leaders in the church. And on behalf of the leaders in the church, on behalf of the church, asking for that forgiveness. So Father, welcome. So glad to have you here talking about this. I think it's a really important topic. Thank you, Margaret. It's good to be here. It, it is an important topic because we're at a time in the church and in the, particularly in the world when a lot of things are going on that are really painful and negative and you know, you we're into war and violence and shootings and things. And, you know, uh, our hearts really desire to be at peace and we desire to be in grace and we desire to be connected in, in a good way with people. The church is the body of Christ and it's uh, it's one thing in a sense when the church is the body of Christ there's a special grace there of bonding and unity and openness and growing together in holiness and that's what we desire that's what we're looking for so when we welcome people back that have in a sense stopped practicing uh it's not like the, they were out of grace or that they were uh, in a bad place necessarily, but for, there could be a lot of reasons for why they weren't able to practice. But coming back into the active, dynamic life of the community, uh, we we really, in a sense, were, welcome back into the the grace of the body of Christ. As uh, as Pope Francis said in one place to somebody, he said, "You can criticize me because I'm a sinner." But don't criticize the body of Christ because it's the body of Jesus Christ. Now, he wasn't talking about the institution. He was talking about the mystical communion of being the body of Christ, one of the models that Dave Dallas presented in his five models of the church. So we're, we're in that context, welcoming people into a deeper life of grace, a deeper connection, uh, mercy, working together, loving together, growing in, in saintliness and holiness together. That That's where we really need to give a focus, you know. Right, right. But when you're out of the church, and particularly when you're away from the church for, for painful reasons, whether, you know, a dear friend of mine um, isn't actively practicing Christian, she's not Catholic, but isn't actively practicing because she experienced a lot of hypocrisy in the church she went to growing up. And so, so it became very painful, you know, organized religion. Right. And so whether you're in that spot or whether they're particular um, individuals by whom you've directly been abused or offended and, um, and, you know, to the point where going to, you know, all the things that are supposed to be beautiful become triggers, you know, the, the whole context of being in the church, you know, just the, the building itself or, or spiritual songs or incense or rosaries or candles, or, you know, all the things that are supposed to be beautiful and draw us up to the Lord can become triggers when that's been the environment in which the abuse has taken place. And that's a really sad thing because, um, it just, you know, it loads all of these things that are supposed to be so beautiful and transcendent with, um, with just make some triggers, you know, make some one way ticket to 
place of pain. And so when you're in that spot and, and you hear, you know, come home, it feels like, you know, to me, what would come, what would come to mind was the prodigal son, you know? So it's like, Oh, the, you were being so gracious. We're, we're like the father. And so like, come back from your pigsty and, and, um, and that was painful. And it was only after it's only through the process of coming back that was able to, you know, and the healing that, that took place that I was able to, um, kind of take on, I guess, this concept that, that a friend of mine says about, um, agencies or institutions that, that are made up of people, which is what the church is. Right. <laughs> right. And she'll say, people are so people right. People are so people <laughs> and they are where, but that's all of us. Right. So it's not just, um, it, it's a sad thing when, when abuse and, and pain and, and, um, things like that have taken place, um, involving church leaders, involving clergy, involving religious and, and whatever. But at the end of the day, they're, they're people, you know, regardless of what the title is or what, what role they're in or, or whatever. And, and we all have clay feet, you know, like we're all broken and, but it's really hard to, um, it's hard to separate that out, right? When you're in this, when you're in this spot of, in some ways it feels like, it can feel almost like, well, because those, because church leaders represent the Lord. So not in some ways it, it can feel like a weightier rejection, you know, or a weightier um, uh, offense, you know, it's almost, it almost feels like you're like abused by God, you know, it's a, so like, hor- sounds so horrible to say, but but that's, you know, if you're acting in the name of God and then, and then you do these things that are terrible, unfortunately it carries like a tremendous, tremendous pain with it. So, um, yeah, so I just, for, for our listeners or for, uh, you know, if you're listening to us for the first time, or if maybe, maybe you're sent this podcast by a family member, relative, a friend, um, maybe a pastor, maybe somebody who knows the pain that you carry. And Father David and I just, on behalf of the church, want to apologize to you, acknowledge that that when we're hurt by, when you're hurt by people who are in the church, that doesn't mean that, that they're right and you're wrong just because they're in a, a higher role or because they're in a position of authority. And so we really want to apologize to you on behalf of the church and acknowledge that that pain that's there acknowledge that hurt and and really apologize to you and ask for your forgiveness you know that doesn't take the hurt away but at the same time it it's in in justice and in mercy it's what you deserve to have happen and we don't want you to remain estranged anymore we don't want you to remain separated you're an important part of the body no matter who you are no matter what role you're in or not in how however little you think you might be you're an important member of the church and we want you to come home because we need you (laughs) there's no part of my i'm sitting here there's no part of my body i would decide to cut off (laughs) like that would not make okay maybe i could use a haircut but outside of that like there's there's it's all necessary it's all necessary it's all important and in that same analogy like so are you no matter who you are 
So, so you deserve to hear it and you deserve to have that pain acknowledged instead of just like, okay, come back, you know, no pain hurts and it hurts can hurt even more than pain we endure from people that we don't have as great of expectations of. Right. And we have a right to have, to have high expectations of people who are operating in a way where they're supposed to represent the Lord. So, well, that's a, that's a good Margaret. That's a good invitation of uh, people who've been hurt by the church or who have, for whatever reasons have distanced themselves from the, the communal life or the spiritual life of the church that's a good uh, thing that apology it's a it's a grace-filled repentance and forgiveness because we're all human and we have weak spots and we do things and uh, re realizing that you know mistakes are made and we want to really be healed and transformed in a way that brings us into stronger love and relationships with one another and I'd, I'd like to just set the context here What's happened in the recent life of the church is the influence of all the changes in the world and the modern technologies and the, all different opportunities and the things that are going on in society have, have sort of weakened the internal life and grace and relationships of the church. And so what happens was with with the church is it tries to do something to stop that or to protect from that and it overemphasizes the institutional nature and so it's the we got to keep the church going we have to do a lot of organizations we have to do this program and that program and we got to meet this and so what happens with many of the not just the clergy but the uh, laymen and women who are leading in the church what happens is it becomes keep the institution going, keep all of the practical external things going. And what gets neglected is the internal life of grace and relationships, relationships. And so then when that, when that happens, there's a kind of a deadness or a, a, a lack of attraction. And, and the, what you feel and experience is you go to the liturgy, you go, you go back, you do something and, but 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 basically, there's uh, six other days and seven other days, part of a seventh day that we're in the in in relationship. The key to the life of the church is relationship. Seven days, seven days out of the week, you know. So that that's what is the foundation and the heart of the life of grace that's given to us. So when we're looking at that when we're coming back into the church in a way, the relationship, the connection to relationship is important. And what's less important, though these it, the we need to have a visible organizational institution, we're human beings, but the deeper thing is this connection and relationship that we need that is so supportive and life-giving and uh, productive. Like that you used the example of the, the uh, prodigal son. Another name for that parable is the merciful father. And so when you what happens when the son comes back after he squanders everything, that he's not even eating the, the old corn that they throw to the pigs or anything, and he's coming back, what's the father do? The father sees him from a distance. 
The father has had a yearning and a pain in his heart. He has missed his son. He loves his son. And he sees him coming up the road, and he runs down to meet him. And he embraces him, and he receives him. And there's a new kind of unity and connection of love and grace. And then he takes him up, and then he restores everything, all the externals that are good things get restored to him. Now, the older son can't handle that because he feels left out. He feels that he didn't get the best part of things. He feels like his father loves this younger son who squandered everything better than him. And his father comes and tells him, don't you understand? He's our brother. He's our brother. And you see the beautiful example of uh, repentance and change and forgiveness happening in the relationship. But the father pulls the two sons back into a relationship in the community, a relationship of grace, a relationship of love, a relationship that's very human and personal and is necessary for the life of the church, the body of Christ. And the son is brought back into the original place that he had. That You see that, and that's mercy, and that's connection, and that's forgiveness, and that's openness, and that's welcomeness, and that's healing, healing. What the father was doing was healing the broken relationships of he and the two sons and trying to establish again the connection of mercy and compassion of life and of love and of grace. So what what it would be a good model for us then as we're seeing signs or hearing about programs for people to return to the church or maybe even as we're approaching Easter, people are hearing this a lot of times Christmas and Easter really elicits um within us, you know, kind of thinking more about, about church, thinking more about going to mass. And especially if we grew up Catholic and especially, you know, when, when there's family and friends around and it's like, oh, we're going to go to this mass. And then you're having to try to make that decision. Am I going to, am I going to go if I haven't been going, you know, and that kind of thing. So, so I would encourage our listeners, whoever's hearing this, particularly if you, if you've been away from the church to, to, as father David saying, Take a look at at the mass itself, whatever liturgy your family or friends are encouraging you to go to or want you to come to with them or whatever one, even if you're looking at going by yourself, whatever might kind of um, have some some sort of attraction to you. Look at that, that particular liturgy, that particular um, going to that particular mass as the father coming out to meet you, not necessarily because you were away, because you were squandering things maybe you were away because of a great deal of pain and hurt but look at that um as the father bringing you back look at that liturgy as the father bringing you back to the body and um and just let yourself be loved right and because you know jesus says you know behold i make all things new and he can restore i can tell you because i didn't think it could happen but he can restore the way the candles and the incense and the songs and the pews and the, all the look and the, of everything can take on such negative, such painful connotation in the light of a, when we've experienced abuse in the church, but he can restore that. I did not think it could happen, but it can because it did in my own life. So I just encourage you to, um, to let the Lord do that for you. 
you know, in, in, uh, when we, we talk about the sacraments in the church, uh, sacraments are fundamentally uh, relationships of grace. And they're ministered from the viewpoint of bringing people into a deeper connection of grace. And I was, uh, uh, oh, well, a couple of years ago, I was working on a Curcio team in, uh, in in one of the prisons. Uh, it's a prison a correctional institute in Loretto, Pennsylvania. And uh, we were having their Curcio and about two thirds of the way through uh, one of the uh, the, the the gentleman came and said, you know, that he was, he said to me, he said, I, I, I he says, I have cancer. I've got bladder cancer. And uh, I said, oh, yeah. He says, you know, that thing that you guys do, you know, that I said, you mean the sacrament of the anointing of the sick? He said, yeah. He said, he said, could you do that for me? I said, sure, we could do that for you. I said, when, uh, this after lunch is over, I got the whole Curcio team and the the 35 or 40 prisoners that were there. I explained to them what we were going to do. And I said, we're going to pray over our brother because he has bladder cancer and he's, he has a doctor's appointment in a couple of days. And so we're going to pray over him and ask Jesus to heal him. And so just as I was beginning, I said, I said, Mary, I called upon Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, the mother who's always working to get her sons in a good place. <laughs> and I said, Mary, it would be wonderful if you healed this this brother, because what a witness that would be to the power of uh, your son's death and resurrection in our life. And so then I did the, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. A couple of days later, he went to the doctors and he sat down with the doctor and the doctor said, well, here's your, your, your old uh, uh, x-rays. What do you see? He says, well, he said, he's, this guy knew some things about medicine. So he said, well, I can see the cancer there. And he said, yeah. He says, now look at these, uh, these uh, x-rays that we just took uh, 15 minutes ago. He looked at them. He said, there's nothing there. And the doctor says, right. He says, it's gone. He says, I don't understand. There's no cancer. There's no cancer there. It's gone. It's gone. And 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 the, and the and the guy said, "Hey," he says, I, "But try to do it again. Try do the." He says, "No, I'm not doing it again." He says, "You don't have any cancer." He was healed. The sacrament of the anointing of the sick healed physically the man's <clears throat> cancer. Well, that's sure. true of 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 the anointing of the sick, but it's also true of celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation it's also true of the eucharist it's yeah. also true of the other relational components in the community of the church there's healing power and grace power and spiritual power and relational wholeness and healthiness in those sacraments which are relational in the body of christ which is the church yeah amen amen yeah jesus is always moving towards healing i mean right i mean if you yeah. no matter what no matter what i mean even our death is moving us towards healing that's the ultimate healing <laughs> yeah it's all it's all about healing it's all about more of him more love more freedom or more joy more peace it's yeah. always moving towards that you know again uh um just another another message you know i just want to speak directly again to to our listeners especially anybody who's been hurt particularly because you've been hurt 
by by the church, and particularly because you know what that pain is like, and particularly because of the journey um, back into the church that you're being asked to make, even with such a heavy burden. I want to tell you, like, that means that you're that much more called and equipped for ministry because you'll understand in a way and you'll operate with compassion in a way that, that others might not have to, you'll, you'll have um, had to like traverse a bridge that, that others may never have journeyed. And so you'll be able to operate in a way and reach others um, who've gone through things like you've gone through. So, so, you know, when father David and I are saying you're needed, you're an essential part of the body, that's true. And there's so many ministries in the church these days from, you know, whatever different parishes or encounter ministries, or there are a lot of different um, things happening that, that you can be a part of men's groups, women's groups. Um, each church has kind of their own flavor of what, whatever they're using to try to bring about renewal and, and because of what you've suffered, um, you know, I just always think father David, you know, I, you know, St. Mary Magdalene is a favorite of mine. And I think the reason is because she, she just exudes compassion, even in the, in the, you know, the shows, the episodes of the chosen, they have her character being so deeply, deeply, deeply compassionate because why? Because she's had such an arduous journey, you know, and you can see even the the dynamic between her and St. Matthew in that, you know, he's kind of an odd duck out and, and her compassion towards him when, because of being tax collector, having been a tax collector, St. Peter, St. John, you know, some of the other apostles initially have difficult time, particularly Peter, but a difficult time with Matthew in the, in the chosen, the way they're portraying it. But you can see the way St. Mary Magdalene's character acts with him so gentle and so, um, you know, even like placing herself kind of as a buffer in at times where he's being asked like, Oh, what did you do for a living? You know? And, and she just kind of deflects the conversation so he doesn't have to answer for his, his past. And I think it's so beautiful, but I think that that's kind of a, a type, if you would, of people who've suffered deeply, you know, and, being able to, um, to act out of greater compassion than, than maybe some people who, um, who haven't had such a journey. So just that, just the same way that, um, that Mary Magdalene shows that, um, I think that's something that people, when they've been hurt by the church and have made that, that long road back, um, and and had to to grapple with all of those different feelings of what was once beautiful being um, so difficult. They have a special gift to offer to the church. You know, I remember at one point when I was returning um, to the church and was very frustrated with some things that were going on that were that were admittedly very wrong, very wrong. And um, <clears throat> and I was uh, kind of complaining to the Lord, and He broke into my prayer and He said everything you want from the church. I want you to be that for the church. Oh, that's yeah. It, it immediately like it immediately convicted me. Right. Because then I was like, Oh, 
now all of a sudden I'm not focusing on the sheep. I'm focusing on the shepherd. Right. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I need to get to confession because I've been bitter and judgmental and critical. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing my, you know, foibles and weaknesses and failures and in the situation. And, and it restored my peace to, you know, just kind of picture like focusing and standing in one direction where I'm looking at the, at the sheep and going like, they're annoying and they're smelly and they're loud and they're all bonking into each other and like whatever. And by the Lord saying that, it just like turned me to, to focus on him. And suddenly it was, you know, it, it just put everything in right perspective. Right. And, but it restored my peace because gee, focusing on the shepherd, that's, that's what does it. That's what restores our peace. Focusing on the sheep, sheep are smelly and, and stubborn, you know. That's for sure. That, and when you look at that relationship, I was thinking, you know, you, you sort of get back and you sort of get connected and you're trying to adjust and everything else. And I was over the years, I would say over the last 50 years or so, well, I've been involved in a number of uh, groups that are small group type things, small group sharing. And when that's done in a good way with the right understanding, uh, when you have a, you're in a small group, it's a, they're growth groups, and what happens is they 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 highlight not just the grace of deepening and growing in the life of faith and grace, but they highlight the human connection and relationship with one another and it's very supporting very fulfilling and uh and that's why i encourage people when you have an opportunity within the body of the church or in a particular parish or a community or group and they have an opportunity for small small support groups move move on that because it's true when you come when you come into the church and you you become a servant of things and you go visit the poor you go to the nursing home you do different things that certainly too is very good and very fulfilling and and what you need underneath that is a relational pattern uh, in the church in smaller groups where support guidance openness wisdom affection, all those things that are important to human growth are available. And so one of the things in the church that's available these days is these opportunities for the development of small groups, which are really led with intelligence and openness and honesty and uh, with respect and love and confidentiality and those kind of things. They're very helpful to deepen a life of mercy and a life of grace. And so I encourage you, you coming back into the, the sway of the church and the work of the church, and you're, you're willing to take on responsibility, uh, uh, give, give some consideration to uh, getting into an ongoing sharing pattern that's really going to help you grow and help you grow and help that so that you can help others grow as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks father David. Hmm. And so, so for a, a final, a final word to our listeners, if you decide um, whoever's hearing this, you know, if you've been away from the church and you decide to return this Easter or during Holy week, such beautiful liturgies, just know that, that you're not alone. Father David and I, are there with you wherever you are because you're part of the body and um and so you're not alone even if even if it feels 
you know, feels strange or it feels like being in a place that was once familiar, know that, um, that you're not alone, that we're there with you. And we're, we're very grateful to have you back and just grateful to have you back in the, in the body and grateful to, to be back joined together. So may this be a truly graced Holy Week that that we'll be coming into here in a few weeks, believe it or not. And and high holy days, may they be particularly graced for you. And may the Lord heal your heart from from all that you've been through and give you the grace um, to forgive. Forgive forgiving doesn't mean that you're saying what happened doesn't matter or it was okay or um but it, it's freeing you up to be able to move forward so so i'm just going to pray a prayer um lord i just ask you to heal any of my brothers and sisters who are listening to this talk at this time who've been hurt by those in the church and a church authority those representing the church in any way whether clergy religious ministers of any kind, teachers, whomever they might have been. I just ask you to touch their hearts. Just ask you to to heal them, to free them, to help help them to not see those individuals as as doing your will in those hurtful, painful times, but instead be able to recognize that as broken humanity operating and that that you are infinite love and they you have so much more for them than they can even ask or imagine and that you long to bring them ever more deeply into your heart. Father, I just ask you to make this time of sweet journey through the remainder of Lent and into Holy Week and then into Easter, truly a time of, of rising to new life in you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us and know that you remain in our prayers. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.